I am unashamed. What about you? So we're uh, so we today, Dad. We're Jason's on assignment. Uh, we sent him off to to go and you know do some uh, research for us today. And so, in Jace's place, the brain power has gone up exponentially because we have one Eric Metaxas all the way from New York City uh, taking the place of Jace. So that's 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 a big seat I, to fill. I don't know what just happened, but I think Jace <laughs> should never turn his back on this group because <laughs> that, that well, was, we didn't t- we're auditioning for, you know, potential replacements. So right, we, we right. thought we'd start with Metaxas. Right out of New York City. I don't know whether he came out of I don't know whether he's a voice crying out in the wilderness. Yes, I am. Or yes. he came here into where well, there are voices cried out the in the Lord, wilderness. The Lord put me in New York City. It's a, it's a missionary posting and I'm there for yep. God's purposes and uh but in all seriousness, my wife and I grew up in the tri state area, right? She grew up in New Jersey, I grew up in New York and in Connecticut. But as I was saying to you, Brother Phil, I grew up in a place a lot like this. You know, we people shoot guns. I grew up fishing, ice fishing, and and all that kind of thing. When I went to college, I entered the sophisticated world of, you know. And you went to Yale. I went to Yale. And Yale, I want to say up front, is a dramatically ungodly environment. When I went there, I went there with... American values. My parents raised me to love my country, but Yale is ahead of the curve in terms of political correctness. And think about this. William F. Buckley went to Yale in the late forties. He wrote a book in 1951 called God and man at Yale in 1951, telling the world that the faculty at Yale was atheist and communist. So this didn't just happen 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I was there in the early 80s, and it was well advanced. So I was schooled in how to think like a cultural elite. I grew up in a working class home, and I was schooled how to think that way. And of course, I drifted away from God and a simple understanding of the universe until the Lord very dramatically saved me around my 25th birthday. Uh, I was dramatically born again and pretty quickly became politically conservative after that. So that's the short version of how I got to be. And your story is on I Am Second. I Am Second did a spectacular video of me telling my story of how I came to Jesus. And um, this is not to imply that I was an atheist. I hated God before. I was raised in a church, but I never heard the gospel. It was kind of cultural Christianity. You know, Greek Orthodox, you, you kind of grow up, you're Greek, that's where you go. They are good people, and they are what I would call God-fearers, but they don't know the details of what it is uh, to walk with Jesus, to read the Bible, and all that kind of stuff. So you, you kind of get a part of it, but you don't get the whole thing. And when you go to a hostile environment like Yale or Manhattan, you're not prepared. And I was not prepared. Well, among the Ivy League schools, uh, Yale, Princeton, uh, Harvard, Harvard, didn't they all start their roots? Weren't they all like preaching schools? Every single one of them, except for Cornell. Every single one but for Cornell 
were dedicated to raising up godly ministers of the gospel. But it makes perfect sense. Satan goes to those places, and I believe he's redigging the old wells. Because if you think about it, there was revival in New York. The whole West Coast, uh, sorry, the whole East Coast used to be godly people, you know, who believe. I mean, George Whitfield, in my book, If You Can Keep It, I talk about George Whitfield. He was the greatest evangelist in the history of the world. I joke around that he makes St. Paul and Billy Graham look like lazy agnostics. (laughs) (laughs) And he preached, it was the first great awakening up and down the 13 colonies. And they say that 80% of the colonists, this is before we became America, 80% of them had heard Whitfield preach in person at least one time. And that was what enabled the United States to become the United States. That's a long story. I'm not going to go into it now. It's in my book, If You Can Keep It. But the point is that we are on every level founded, not just in godly principles, but in, in, a, in a Christian culture. Self-government and the liberty that we celebrate cannot exist without uh, enough people who we would consider seriously religious, virtuous mm-hmm. people. Right. And so George Whitfield, you know, as an evangelist, brings about what we think of as, you know, the revolution and all this kind of stuff. And now I'm, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm skipping over the top of stuff, but the point is that all of that is true. And so we have fallen afar a ways, we know, but I believe that the Lord wants to redig the old wells that all of these places that the culture places like Manhattan, Hollywood, and, and all the Ivy leagues that, that there will be revival and that, uh, the story's not over. So whenever I hear Christians say like, ah, it's over. And you know, the Lord's going to come back in, in 10 minutes. And it's like, no, 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 that sounds defeatist to me. We need to fight. We need to pray. And we need to know that there are many people that have not yet heard what we call the good news. So you think God used Eric? So you're because of the pathway you took, and as you explained, losing your way, <clears throat> but then coming back to Him. Do yeah. you think that has now set you on the course to be able to speak into it that? Is, of course, I mean, it's exactly right. It's just like what Paul says. I mean, Paul got this unbelievable education and whatever, and he knew it was dung. Right. He knew that. Yeah. But he said, but it will be used by the Lord for his purposes. So right. when I say I went to Yale, people perk up. Oh, maybe maybe I'll listen to this guy. Oh, I'm a New York Times bestseller. Oh, maybe I'll listen to this guy. I know these things are, are dung. Yeah. But if these things can be used to get people to listen for five minutes, then I say, praise the Lord. That's, that's why the Lord gave them to me. But it is kind of funny because I, I was raised... As I say, in a working class background, my parents are European immigrants. They came to America. They love this country. They raised me to love this country and, you know, took me to church every Sunday. And I, that's, that's the world that I grew up in. But then I learned to speak the language of the cultural elites. You go to a place like Yale, you make friends with, with those kind of people and you learn to speak that language. And you think all the people in power, this is the language they speak. This must be the way you need to talk to be successful. Right. And I, I bought into that. And I always joke around that at a place like Yale, the one thing they do not do in any of these places, and now it's true of public schools, not just universities, they don't give you an education. An education used to be, we're going to answer the most basic questions. Who are you? 
Where do you come from? What's the meaning of life? Where are you going? That's the basics of like, you know, we want to, and everything else is details, right? Right, right. Those are the very things they they avoid because they are now of the mind that there's no good answers to this. You right. evolved by accident out of the primordial soup. Your life is an accident. Your life has no meaning. There's no good or evil. But we don't want to talk about that because it's too depressing. Right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the kind of an education that can give you a good job. Work really hard. At, go for the gusto. Don't think about these questions. And it'll all be over in a few decades. That's right. But whatever you do, don't think about those questions because you have good answers. And I graduated, I was an English major. And of course, if you're an English major, you do not get a good job. That's and right. so I had plenty of time to think about these questions <laughs> and to twist in agony, yeah. thinking, I know that there's no meaning to the universe, and what am I supposed to do with my life? And things got so bad that I moved back in with my parents. That's what I always say. So you got a, basically you got a lot of uh, phone carriers out here, um, AT&T, Verizon, you know, ones we see all the time. I'm, I'm sure you're aware of all those, Dad. Are you, are you aware of all the phone, cell phone <laughs> I, carriers? I keep asking people, amazingly, uh, I've never owned a cell phone, and I keep asking them, what am I missing? And all of them say, nothing. So... <laughs> No, I'll, I'll so tell you. So good luck to whoever's coming up with whatever. Okay. Well, let me be the first person to tell you, no, you're missing something. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of things about you know phones that in communication. See, when you're in the blind and you say, hey, one of y'all tell Kay to get dinner ready. We'll be there in 30 minutes. Well, somebody has to have a phone. They have to have a a company that's providing this service for you. So even though you don't technically own one, you're reaping the benefits from what are we reaping today? It's a today? good two-way oh. radio. Yeah, call call and see what Miss K's got for dinner. And yeah, they make it's the a call. little it's a little more. I tell you this: breaker, breaker. You know, like they used to the old deal. But this is. But a you're little moved on from the CVs. But there, Phil, yeah. you're not even into breaker, breaker. You're you're down to smoke signals. <laughs> If I want to communicate with you, I got to read the smoke. You build a fire. That's right. So, so Dad, if you were, if you were a cell phone person, I think these guys would be your company because this this company is called Patriot Mobile. There you go, Patriot Mobile. You know about being a patriot. Yeah, you like that. You You're your mobile. Country. You move around. It's the nation's only conservative phone company. So, and what they cut out is the biggest thing, and they're right, is the hidden fees that you get on this. some of the other companies. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they're going to give away a free Moto Z3, which is a phone, when you open a new line with them. So you heard that correct, a free Moto Z3 phone. Uh, the offer is valid if you call through Cyber Monday. Uh, you can switch over from any of the others, uh, 4G, LTE, it's for as low as $25 a month, Patriot Mobile. If you were a cell phone person. And it wouldn't would be good for everyone to be like me because a lot of people are watching the podcast via the cell phone. That's right. And the computer. So, without, so you're getting it. If, if you're, everyone's you're, like me, you know, you'd have to get within the well, hollering distance. or you wouldn't We'd even just talk be to talking them. to people on the porch. So you. go to PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. Or you can call them at their U.S.-based team at 877-367-7524. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive 
philosophy. Yale, Princeton, Harvard. Bingo. Yeah. See, see, which depends on human tradition and the basic principle of this world rather than on Christ. I'm looking at it saying. That's it. Hollow and deceptive philosophy. That's why when he, Paul talked to the Corinthians, he said, where's the philosopher of this age? Yeah. Where, 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 where is this? Who, who's going? He said, they think what we're preaching to them is foolishness. He said, but to us, it's the power of God for salvation. So you read it, you know, and you say, boy, there's a lot of hollow and deceptive philosophy. It's entrenched in our education system. It's entrenched. It's just being poured out. Karl Marx is lifted up to now. They're they're back on Karl Marx. Yes, that's right. I just didn't think they would go back (laughs) to him. And I'm thinking, Karl Marx, you know, forget the God of the Bible. We're going with Karl Marx. I'm like, Karl Marx. I'm thinking, surely... We haven't slipped that far, but, think, but, but think, Texas, it's a scary thing but, to watch. But think of the irony. In 1989 and 1991, the Soviet Union is unraveled. The wall comes down in Germany. The Soviet Union is unraveled. You would think, in the natural, communism is over, right? And here we are. We have socialists talking about redistribution of wealth, talking about taking all the money away from the billionaires at yep. the point of a gun. The state is going to take it away. Yeah. And you think it, they they don't need we don't need the Soviet Union because it has come inside the tent, and now we're fighting it. The snakes have come inside the tent. This but, is a terrible place. It's a terrible place. And I'm like, hold the phone a minute. Uh, let's see. I, I, I've got a couple of degrees. You said, was there any God there, Jesus? Even at a little Louisiana Tech. No, not a word. It wasn't that they were bad-mouthing him. They just never brought him up. Well, that's, so yeah. I listened. I, I was educated. So I leave, and I have this idea. I said, you know, if I could, I, I've got this duck call. It sounds closer to a duck than the other duck calls. So I told Miss Kay, I said, I'm going to build duck calls. I said, well, find me a place on the river. I have an idea. I think it'll work. I said, it's going to take a little time. I said, but you'll have that long green in your pocket. If you, <laughs> if you get, I was, I was, I was, I was chiding her. I said, find me a place on the river. And I said, I'll make a living not by using the degrees I've earned from Louisiana Tech, major in education. I said, look, I said, I'll fish the river. We'll sell the fish. We'll survive. The duck call will take off. I said, it's an idea. Now, here we, here I am, an American. I'm going to trust, number one, I had repented, had a clear head. I'm 28 years old. I said, get me a place on the river. I'm done with living the sinful life, the whoring around, getting drunk. That's over. I said, I have a clear head. Clear direction, I have a plan. We're going to trust in God, whatever happens. We're going to trust in God, and we're going to move forward. We're going to trust in capitalism because it'll work. I said, it will work. And I said, we're going to work hard. Those three things, trust in God, trust in capitalism, work hard. My college buddies, when they found out, they said, what, what, what's Robertson doing? They said, well, I think the last we heard, he's down on a river catching fish and settling them. They're like, what? The man has a master's degree. 
what? Is, <laughs> is he a complete idiot? <laughs> so they come down and they pull up and I'm patching nets and I see my old college buddies and they're all out, you know, some of them are insurance men and school teachers, whatever. And they said, Robinson, what, what, what are you doing? I had my old pickup truck over there. I said, well, I'm patching this net. I'm getting 30 cents a pound on the buffalo and the cat, the, the drum and the, and the, and I said, but I'm getting 70 for the cat. I said, a hundred pound of catfish, 70 bucks. I said, so I'm surviving. I said, I've got my duck call here. I'm working on it, but it's going to take a little time to where I can start making them. I said, but I think it's going to take off. So I'm going to fish until my duck call takes off. So they went up the road and they told me, they said, later, they said, when we drove back up the road, we said, you talk about a complete idiot. That guy is an idiot. Well, they said they looked up in about 25, 30 years. They said, the sucker is a genius. <laughs> so you can go in America from an idiot to a genius. Yeah. It takes you a little time sometimes, 25 yeah. or 30 years. Yeah. But that's exactly what happened. And a hit television show. But, but under Marxism, I couldn't even have gotten it off the ground that's because right. there's no private bit. There's no, there's no, you just can't dream up something and go with it. No. But in America, you can. That shows you just one redneck in the middle of the pile. You say, you know what? It is a great country because you come up with an idea and the idea works and the blessings come and God was right all along. You kept him at the top. Then comes capitalism. And we got this people now running around now saying, no, that's, that, that won't work. Well, it's the, a sad thing to watch, Madax. Well, listen, you know we are in a fallen world and there's a lot of sad things to watch, but the Lord calls us to hope and joy. Mm -hmm. And he has us here still breathing to be his answer to that foolishness. And we are by his grace. And there are tons of people out there who never get to hear common sense wisdom, who never get to hear uh, the joy of Jesus. They, they never get to hear about it. And one of the things God's calling on my life, the reason I do radio and TV is, is because I know those folks are hungry for truth and they're not getting it, we know, from the mainstream media. Even if you watch conservative media, you're not hearing about Jesus. That's right. You're not hearing about the truth about sexuality. How many young men are confused about their sexuality? Do they ever hear anybody tell them, you don't need to go down that path. Don't let the world tell you, you have to follow that. You don't. You can be free. Whatever it is, they'll never hear it. My wife, for many years, has run a crisis pregnancy center in New York City, right? And I hear the truth about what these women go through. Do you think you'll ever hear those women's stories in the mainstream media? You won't even hear it on Fox News. Nope. You'll never hear nope. the pain the woman goes through because she had an abortion because her boyfriend bullied her into it, said, yeah. if you want me to stick around, you will take care of that. Here's $200. You never hear those stories of women being bullied by men into aborting their children. And then you never hear the stories of those women walking with that pain, with that wound for decade upon decade with nowhere to go. Oprah Winfrey did not have those women on her show sharing yeah. their pain. And so that's that religious stuff, see. Well that's the point. They they don't they just block it off. You know but guess Metaxas, what? We're talking about it. Yeah, Metaxas Al is sort of a uh, if I had to label him, 
I would say Uh-oh. he's sort of a refined version of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm it, stressing refined. He's very refined. Uh, you could tell by his impeccable dress today. Oh the my ma- gosh. Manhattan. But the custom. kicker is, we're sitting here at a table. <laughs> Together, yeah. yeah. The, you say, yeah, oh, oh. it would be, have to take a God in, in, in heaven or even get that. And that's here, the point. So we've been to New York. So here's what I thought was interesting. Here. So the first time Dad was on your radio show, I don't remember what we were uh, selling. I'm sure we were pushing a book. Yeah. maybe one of Dad's earlier books. You were still in the, your old place doing yeah. your radio show. Yeah. But it was interesting because when you guys came together, I was there and I'm just watching you guys do the interview. And it's a you know short bite, probably a six minute. Deal. No, 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 no. I always do long interviews. Okay. Otherwise, in six minutes, I wouldn't have been able to convince your father right. that I'm part of the tribe. That's right, exactly. <laughs> it took thirty it, minutes. It would have took a while. But New but New I, York City. But yeah. I noticed, you know, as, as different as places as we are, there was a kinship. I think early on, and, and there was no doubt. Dad loved you, my taxes, because it's like, wait a minute, I'm in New York. You could tell it was different. And then, of course, you connected and you knew dad was not just this Well, caricature. let me tell you something. For many, many years, the, the Lord has had a call on my life to reach the culture, right, uh, for his purposes in various ways. Not It's not always pre- preaching about the gospel uh, explicitly, but in, in all kinds of ways. But what has been at the heart of it for me is to bring God into the mainstream. In other words, it's not some religious thing for religious people. It's for everybody. And when you turn on the TV, you would think that either somebody's preaching a sermon from a pulpit or the whole universe is secular and there's no God. And people just living their lives with God in the way that people do, praying over a meal or something like that, that has been censored 100% from American public life. It doesn't exist. So when you, on your TV show, when somebody said, you know those Duck Dynasty guys, they're Christians, and they're explicit about it on the show, I, I said, are you kidding me? I was, I leapt for joy. And when I realized that this was true, I said, God is not finished with America because wow. look what he has done. People would tell you that it's over, it's yeah, over, it's yeah. over. Well, it's not over. And this kind of thing is only increasing I'm going to do what I can by God's grace on, uh, through my programs. You're doing what you do. But I have a hope that there are many Americans that just say, look, I'm not particularly religious, but those people don't sound crazy. Right. Maybe I can find what I'm looking for in them. And, so, and God used, obviously, the show for us to be able to set that platform. But then, you know, along the way, you find sort of that like-minded connection. I like this. I like this text uh, in lieu of what uh, Metaxa just said, Paul talking to a church, 2000 year old writing, give or take a few mid fifties, probably AD. You're like, I wonder if this is pertinent today. Let's see what the man said. I tell you this, this is Ephesians four seventeen. if you folks have your Bible, <clears throat> and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding. I wonder if that is pertinent in today's world. Are people darkened in their understanding? Don't live like them. They are separated from the life of God. Uh, What's all this Jesus thing about? Loving God and loving your neighbor. That's what it's about. They're like, 
you talking to me? I said, I'm talking to you. Loving God, loving your neighbor. Uh, that's what a life of God is. Uh, because of the ignorance, they're separated from that. They don't get it. You say, it would solve a lot of problems. It would solve everyone's problem. Uh, they don't get it because of the ignorance that's in them due to the hardening of their hearts. The mind of America, across the board, you say there's been a large change of heart just since I've been on the earth. Yes. It's right in front of you, in mm. plain sight. You're like, what, 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 what are we doing? What, what are you doing? Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You didn't come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him. You were taught in him in accordance with the truth that's in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. I've been there which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Everything we do, but taxes, when you get right down to it, we're just trying to get people to just think about it. I made the statement here a few months back. I said, you know, here's the scary part. I don't know whether I've ever converted a person who is into the left-wing ideology. I don't know whether I've ever converted one. Al, of you? He said, Dad, I don't know. It's, it's difficult. I can't remember. Well, a guy contacted me about a week later. He said, you converted one. He said, me. He said, I heard you speak, and I started trembling. He said, especially when you got to the part where you said, how could you ever kill the God who made the cosmos? How could you kill that? You only could do it if he became a human and let you do it. That's the only way you could kill him. He becomes a human. Then you could kill him. Well, when they killed God, three days later, he stands back up and shows them how they went about it, showing Thomas, look, Thomas. Thomas said, I don't believe it unless I see him. So he showed him the marks. He said, check this out. Well, once that happened... Everything changed. They kill God, but three days later, he stands back up on the earth and says, go tell people that I'll get them out of here alive. They just have to trust me, and they have to turn from evil. Don't live like they used to. Change your mind. It's called repentance. It's a scary word for America. It's a wonderful thing that God allowed us to repent. We have the option of repenting. And they can say what they will, Metaxas, but I watched my own life from the time I was born to 28. I noticed something, Metaxas. I said, I wonder why so many are about 27, 28 to 31 or 32. I just got or to 25. think of it. I said, everybody I talk with, yeah. I keep seeing them come up, and they're about yep. in yep. there around yep. 30. Yep. And I said, why is that? I said, it's got to be something to it. What it is, is you've, by the time you get to be 30, 28 to 30, 
you have a track record. Yeah. And and it's very right. all you have to do is look back that's and say, right. okay, this is me. Yeah. This is where I am. That's right. <clears throat> when I saw my record and it was like this. A short circle like a dog chasing his tail. And I'm like, okay. So I leave that. But after that, I show people that. I said, how old are you? Because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at them and they say 29. Uh, the next one comes by, how old are you? 28. 31. Yeah. 30. Well, I told them that and I said, how's it going for you? And they're like, oh, it's the most terrible life. I've, I'm in the crystal meth. I'm opioids, you know, whoring around, breeding anything I get my hands on, and it just goes on and on. And the track record is not a pretty one. They say, is there a better way? We point them to Jesus. It's a lot better way. Well, you understand that to really sin, uh, the Lord can work with that. But when you are living a life pretending that everything's fine, uh, when you he really screw up. On- honesty. Well, that's what I'm trying to say is that if you... I was so miserable by my, I graduated Yale, I was still 20. So by the time I was 24, I hit my midlife crisis. I said, I've been out of this greatest school ever and I'm living with my parents. And you my had parents, the pedigree, you had the, you had the paper, but it, but it just didn't turn your life around. Well, think about this. Think of my <laughs> parents who never got to go to college, mm-hmm. looking at me thinking you went to Yale University and we paid for it by my mother you know, and you made it. And my, my my mother cleaned houses. My father, you know, they, they worked hard to pay so I could go to Yale University. And here I come back, confused, useless, not knowing what I'm doing. And 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 of course, my Yale friends, their parents would be like, "Oh, Eric's finding himself." You know, he's finding. He's a writer. He's finding himself. And my parents were like, "Well, we would we would like you to find yourself a job, <laughs> and stop. You know, whatever." And the thing is that I was so miserable that I opened my heart a little bit to say, okay, God, if you're there. But I was not excited about it, but I, but I was desperate. And the Lord visited me in a dream. It's in the I Am Second story, and it's in my book, Miracles. I write the detailed version of it. But I thought, how loving this God is that he reached me in a way. He knew that he needed to reach me in this way. He needed to blow my mind and he spoke to me in this dream, and I have never been the same. I went to sleep thinking you can't know if God exists. And I woke up knowing him personally, and I've never I've never been the same. It has changed, you know, changed my whole life. Everything I've done since then, I have been led by God in my career path, which is one of the reasons it's such a strange career path. I never would have picked it for myself, but God has known what he's doing with me, and he brought me to your studio today. <laughs> and here you are. So so since you brought that up, we, we answer questions a lot of times from folks that uh, listen to us and watch us. And there was an interesting one that came in, and I, and I wanted you to speak to it, and of course, Dad as well. His name is Kyle, and, and we got this from Facebook. And he said just what you just described, so it sounds a lot like you. He said, I have a difficult time getting my brain to believe in God, and not because I don't want to. I have my wife, I have my kids, I go to church, I study, I pray, I hope, I ask for God. I, and, yeah. I, and, I, and honestly, he said, you know, I, I'm searching for this. Right. And so, but and yet it's not there for him. Yeah. And so he said, what What can you tell me? So I, I thought about you. I thought, I what, what do you this tell all the time. Like this? Let me tell you something. I grew up, uh, you know, in the normal way, but I don't really know how a car works. But I get in it every day, I turn it on, and I go where I need to go. 
you don't need to know everything. You need to know the basics. What are the basics? I open the door, I turn on the condition, I do this, and it takes me where I can go. Anybody who says I have questions about God, I think every human being, the most devout Christian, will still have questions because we are human. We can't, until we see him face to face, we cannot have the answers. But the fact of the matter is, if you really want to know, there are books and there are things to help you. But I'm here to say, not believing in the God of the Bible is infinitely less logical than believing in the Bible. Now, if somebody says you got to choose yes or no, it's open and shut case. It's it's the, I, I wrote a book called Miracles, and just in the first part of the book, Miracles, I talk about the scientific case for God. It is so overwhelming that the only... The most shocking thing is that why don't they teach us in the schools? Why don't most Christians even know this? But the scientific case for God is overwhelming. Yeah. The evidence for God is overwhelming. Now, when people say, well, I still got questions, I got, listen, folks, to, to not believe in God, as somebody else has said, my friend Frank Turek, takes infinitely more faith than it does to believe in God. Right. It is just open and shut. Even the resurrection, uh, in, in two of my books, I wrote about the resurrection, the scientific evidence, the logical evidence for the resurrection is shocking. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought I have to just take it on faith. Right. No, no, you don't. If you read, you know, just I wrote a chapter on it in my miracles book, but it's it's overwhelming. And I think Christians have been cowed into thinking that we have some kind of intellectually inferior position. That is not only a lie, but precisely the opposite is true. Everything in history, in science, everything in this universe points to the God of the Bible. Every day, there's more archaeology proving the Bible. Now, you think it would just be just the opposite. The more science we know, the more archaeology, the more we know it's not true. Precisely the opposite. So part of the reason I do what I do on my radio and TV show and my books is is to arm people with some of this information because right. the world tells you you're crazy, but the, the news is that, in fact, they, they are crazy. The God of the Bible is real and wants us to know him and has given us evidence and all kinds of proofs so that we can know him. Al, you could tell you, the, the guy that wrote the letter, uh, beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. It's great. It's a mystery. You say, hmm. He appeared in a body. God becomes flesh so that he could die. He appeared in a body, was vindicated by the spirit. Whoops, he's back from the dead. <laughs> Look, a bunch of guys with all of the preliminary from Genesis 3.15, somebody, the seed of a woman, will do away with Satan, crush his head. You say, 5,000 years in the making. 5,000 years, 5,300 by my count. Here comes someone appearing in a body, a local carpenter, son, and they're like, whoa. He was vindicated by the Spirit. He died, and three days later he came back, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, and still is, was believed on in the world. I'm there. Was taken up in glory. You say, the mystery of godliness is great. And that was 1 Timothy. Let's yeah, not forget. Was that? Yeah, 1 Timothy 4. And, yeah, and over in Romans Oh, the depths, about uh, 11, verse 22 or 3. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. And Metaxas brought it up. 
how unsearchable his judgments. We will always say, what in the world? What? What? And we're, we're, we're like, whoa. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. You just can't figure it all out as humans. That's why you say, you know what? I'm not getting out of here without him. <laughs> if there is no God, none of us are leaving this planet alive. Yeah. No one. You say, this is a window of escape, rescue, escape. I'm still waiting on a better story, Metaxas, if they have one. I'm like, here's, here's the story. Appeared in a body, was vindicated by the Spirit, was believed on in the world, preached among the nations, believed on the world, taken up in glory. I said, look, life, immortality, freed from Satan, freed from sin, freed from law, freed from guilt, freed from the grave. I said, you got a better story? I've never heard a person say in the back of the room, uh, I got a better one. Yeah. Not once has anyone ever said, I said, because if you have a better story, well, stand up and tell us about it. Well, you know what? You know what their better story is? Since they don't have a better story, the only answer to that is to push it away and to spend all of your energy trying not to look in that direction. Because once you, once anybody begins to think about what we're talking about, it will confront them. And so the only way to escape it is to pretend those people are crazy. Uh, I, I just don't want to think about it. And I realize that's kind of what I did until I was confronted by my own misery to think about this stuff. Because think about that without this, without the truth, without Jesus Christ, without faith, without yeah. love. Yeah. Without that, you, you, you look at human beings, you say, well, what would the suicide rate and the murder rate Yep. And the drug use rate yep. and the gross immorality and the diseases that follow 110 million Americans at any given time are suffering from a sexually transmitted disease. They're, they're producing children through all this immoral conduct, the divorce rate. What would it take for us to say, do y'all think this thing is going well or, 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 or do we have some problems here, the human race? It would take uh, an act of the Holy Spirit because we are not capable in our own. In other words, we just have to be obedient. And what you're doing uh, here, it's just beautiful to listen to you annotate the scriptures. This is giving God, the, the Lord is using us to speak to some people that he has appointed. Because honestly, the level of hopelessness, if you don't believe what we're talking about, as I said, the hopelessness is so horrifying. You, the, the only thing you can do is spend all of your energy trying not to look at it. Otherwise, you'd just kill yourself. That's right. And you, I love the analogy about the car <clears throat> because I think all people have a baseline of faith. And this is what Kyle's question is about because I get on an airplane, you know, once a week, sometimes more. You talk about a faith moment. I mean, I'm sitting there in that plane having faith that everybody that worked on this plane knew what yeah. they were doing, yeah. that the guys up front are really on top of things today because my life is in their hands. So, I mean, a lot of trust in that. There's a lot of trust and faith in everyday living. And so when you're right, when you look into the eternal, 
and you see that and you see the possibilities that opens up everything. So Kyle, I want to encourage you to look up some of Eric's early stuff, uh, you know, and you know, especially the I am second video, which I thought beautifully lays out this idea of conversion, especially in this idea, it kind of led to a lot of your early writings, I think, about apologetics and all the things you did, yeah. which really show that. So I, I encourage you to look those up. I think that'll help you. Uh, tell us now, so you're you, tell the folks, our folks why you're here. You didn't just come to uh, Louisiana to do our podcast, although we're so appreciative no, you did. No, well, I'm so thrilled you let me do the podcast. I didn't know I was, I was going to get to do this. But no, the reason I'm down here now, um, I have a, a daily radio show all across America. In fact, I was in Romania Cluj, Romania. I never heard of this place. And there were 500 people came to hear me speak. And I said, this is insane. I'm in Romania. Half of them said, oh, I, I listen to your podcast or I, I listen to your radio show or I watch your YouTube thing every day. Former Soviet bloc. And I said yeah. to myself, am I dreaming? So my radio station, my radio stuff goes everywhere, not just, we yeah. put it on YouTube. You can watch it like a TV program on yeah. YouTube. And TBN puts about a half an hour of this, you know, what we capture in the studio. It's a TBN studio for this radio show. They put it on the air every weekend. Right. So I have this short TV show on TBN. It's twice a week. But I went to the folks at TBN and I said, listen, I had this crazy idea to do a family variety Christmas special. Like they used to have when we were kids, yep. Dean Martin Johnny Cash, Glenn Campbell, you know, they have these variety shows that the whole family would watch, right? right. And they were not, you know, uh, sickly sweet, uh, saccharine, you know, like when people talk, they say family programming, sometimes adults really don't want to watch it because right. it's boring. No, we're talking about entertaining, funny, tremendous quality talent. We've got music, but something that the whole family can enjoy together. And so I went to the folks at TBN and said, can I do this? And they said, well, you know, they had some questions for me because I've never done this before. But what they don't know is that God has created me to do this. And so we uh, we struck a deal. And sometime in December, uh, they're going to air this Christmas variety special a whole bunch of times. And I said, who can I get to be in this variety special? Because I want it to be fun. And I thought of a guy named Phil Robertson, and he somehow because nothing says Christmas special like like Phil, right, Robertson. Phil Robertson. Yeah, I'm just a barrel of fun because he looks like Santa Claus. <laughs> Look at him; he looks just like Santa Claus. He does. So I said, "Can we do it?" And you said, "If you guys come down, we we can do it." Because we talked originally about coming to New York, and I thought, yeah. oh, how, no. how am I going to get that back no, no, up no, there? No, no, you know, no, no, you know. No. Well, listen, this was God's plan. So we came down here. That's why I'm here now, and we're filming some kooky stuff people aren't going to believe it so they're going to have to tune in we're not going to tell them anything but i you got to watch it. i'm it, telling you it's I, it's nuts and what i've already seen uh mom is is on it as well mom yeah. and dad we're going to do some fun stuff uh, later after we finish the podcast we're going to shoot some guns we're going to shoot some guns which is going to be fun dad now when we talked about what we're filming today you saw dad perk up right because yeah. we're going to the woods today yeah, we're doing yeah, some yeah. fun stuff but uh and also tell tell our audience about your uh you're doing some children's books oh. now which you sent me a couple of them. my grandkids but, yeah. love them okay. Okay. So tell them about the Well, children. here's the thing. I, um, I've i done a little bit of everything, so people find me confusing, you know? Some from apologetics. Think, some people think he's the author of Bonhoeffer, the 600-page book about a German theologian. Yes, that's true. But I'm also a goofy 
humorist. I like to joke around a lot. So I'm, you know, to quote uh, Whitman, I'm large, I contain multitudes. You, you can figure it out. But that's how the <laughs> Lord made me, and I'm decided to go with it. So I like to do comedy. And I, people don't know this, I've written 30 children's books. When I first got saved, the Lord totally miraculously, and I don't use the word miraculously lightly, I don't mean it was, a, it was a blessing. No, it was a miracle. Handed me a job. If you heard the story, you'd say, that's a miracle of God. Writing children's books and children's videos for rabbit ears. So I've written 30 children's books. I have been involved with VeggieTales. I wrote for VeggieTales. I'm the voice of the narrator on the Esther video. So I got involved with the VeggieTales guys and stuff. So the Lord's given me a very weird resume. But the point is, when Trump got elected, the guy who convinced me to look at Trump seriously is my very dear friend, lives in Kansas, named Tim Raglan. And he and I worked together on all kinds of children's books and stuff. And when Trump got elected, I said, Tim and I have done children's books together. We need to do a children's book about this president. What are we going to do? And I was even thinking, it's going to be a children's book, but it's going to be a book that adults are going to buy as a gag gift for each other because it's very funny with adult humor. Kids aren't going to get the adult humor, right? But we came up with a caveman named Donald because he's a little bit of a caveman. And Donald, uh, he lives among the cave people. He's a builder of caves. And there's a big swamp. And in the middle of the swamp lives their king. And they can't talk to the king. He's out of touch with his people and the people can't, you know, they have no say in their government or anything like that because the king lives in the middle of the swamp and he only talks to the swamp creatures. So Donald says, well, let me go down and and look into this. I think maybe I can figure something out. So he goes down because he's a no-nonsense guy. You know, he solves problems. So he goes down to the swamp and he finds out, long story short, the swamp is made of money. That's why it's green. It's not algae, it's money. And he says, these swamp creatures... They're not going to let you talk to the king. The king's not coming out. We need to drain the swamp. And everybody looks at him and says, are you, you can't say that. You can't say, you get in trouble for saying that. The swamp creatures will get angry. And he says, well, you're pretty angry, aren't you? Maybe it's their turn. So he says, it's real simple. I'm going to get a shovel. I'm going to go down. I'm going to dig a ditch. It's going to be the biggest, most beautiful ditch you've ever seen. He doesn't say we're going to get Mexico to pay for it. He just says we're going to dig a ditch. And he digs the ditch. And then all the cave people come to help him and they dig the ditch. And guess what? The swamp starts to drain. The money starts to flow out to the horizon and all the swamp creatures and the king chase the money to the horizon, never to be seen again. (laughs) And the swamp is drained, flowers bloom, trees grow and everything's great except they say, but we don't have a king. So they, a little girl says, maybe we can make Donald our king. So Metaxas is into re-educating wait, that's our right. children. That's, so wait, is wait, that? wait. So they say, we want to make Donald our king. And Donald says, no, you are a free people now. A king tells people what to do and they have to do it. But a free people tells their leaders what to do and the leaders have to do it. And they say, you mean like a president? And he goes, yep. And if that's what you're looking for, I'm your caveman. So he becomes the first president of the free land is the free people, whatever. So that's the first book. It's called Donald Drains the Swamp. But then I'm we beginning, said, I'm beginning to see this Yale gig huh? oh, yeah. come there's, forth. That's okay. what it is. A lot yeah. of brain power. So here. there's a second book called Donald Builds the Wall. And there's a vicious gang uh, in there called MSNBC 13. <laughs> 
And only the adults will get that joke. But uh, they build a wall. There's a kooky character, an angry little girl uh, who believes that. Uh, you see what happens. You mentioned the free market uh, before. The uh, the free people start inventing things because it's this very fertile environment because they're free and they start inventing. So they invent fire. The cave people invent fire. They invent the wheel. And when they invent fire, they start cooking their food. And this angry little girl who looks something like um, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez, but it's not. It's, it's an angry little girl. She, she says this smoke is toxic. And and we're gonna all people are are breathing this smoke and we're gonna we're gonna be extinct in, in in a couple of months. We need to we need to save this. And she's got a plan and it's called the Green Raw Deal. <laughs> by the way, by the way, Ocasio Cortez, the she is the cutest Marxist I've ever seen. Yeah, well, that's the key. So, uh, devil comes as an angel of light, brother. Be not be not deceived. So. So then there's a crazy old man uh, in it and whatever. And then and but Donald says that in order to keep people keep coming in and some of them are great because they love freedom. But some of them come in, and they just want to game the system. So they keep trying to push those people out. the can't give it. So Donald says, we got to build a wall and they build a wall. And then uh, the swamp creatures who went to the horizon chasing the money, they ran out of money. And they said, where did we used to get money from? And they said, well, the, all those other people, they used to work and we would get it from them. And they said, well, we know how to spend money. We need to get some money. So we need to go back and take what is rightfully ours. So they, they try to storm the place, but Donald's build a wall. And, you know, so that's, so Donald Rains the Swamp is the first book. Donald builds the wall is the second book. They're funny for adults and you could send it to, I always think the greatest thing is to, to, to send it to somebody who is not a fan of this president because the books are, it's good humor, it's fun, and it gets us to laugh at what's what's going on. But all I can tell you is, you know, well, you, I put it out there and people seem to like it. You sent some to to me <clears throat> for us and I admit I laughed as soon as I opened it up and read it and then, and then shared it with my grandkids. So check it out. Uh, Texas does a lot of great work, but uh, this is his latest. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, good gift stuff. Uh, it's shorter. Sure. It's shorter than Bonhoeffer. It's shorter than Bonhoeffer, and a little bit easier to read. Yeah, uh, you'll laugh through it. Uh, Eric, man, we really appreciate you coming. Uh, we're excited. We're about to go over and get in the woods and yeah. do some filming, and do some shooting, do some shooting, and uh, and we're gonna see if we can. Uh, we'll see how the Manhattan look. Yeah, yeah. Works on. We'll the We'll see what happens. Yeah. This is good. So, well, uh, I feel so honored to be uh, welcomed as I have been. I love you all, and God is using you, and will continue to use you. And uh, let, let's enjoy the ride because the Lord is with us. That's great. Enjoyed it. We are so glad you're watching and listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. That's going to keep you up to date with all the new episodes. And it's also going to let other people find out about our podcast. So keep spreading the word and watching and listening to Unashamed with Phil Robertson.